0: Make believe is not pretend with my
1: This leather bar you said you went to
2: oh yes right uh the lure was the leather bar okay this would have been okay let's let's reference a let's reference another appropriate new york film of the time single white female sure remember the scene where uh jennifer jason lee has already had the hair color change and she's looking like a doppelganger and Bridget Fonda follows her to that sex club. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the Anvil or it was called the Hell Club Hellfire Club or something. Something like that. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Okay, Hellfire Club. Sorry, that just reminded me of something that if you don't know about, I have to stop. Yeah, I got to know. I think this is the sixteenth story. I have not wrapped <laughs> up. But I've started, but Perfect. maybe we'll get back to If we ever them. do a part two, we will do a part if two. If we ever for do sure. a part two, just play this again, and whatever and make- we didn't resolve, we'll try
1: and resolve. Absolutely,
2: but if you really want speaking of looking for mr goodbar uh the other uh, helter skelter
1: yeah cruising
2: the sc- cruising the scariest fucking book i ever read in my life um and it sh- oh god it it would be the most terrifying movie ever but it should have been done in the 70s um uh, but the book is called Bag of Toys. Bag of Toys. Have okay. you ever heard of no, it? No, but I'm going to. I can't look remember into who it. wrote it. Yeah. But it was about this really well known. um I, I guess he, I don't know if he was a gallery owner, but he was like a dealer because that's where he made all his money. His name was Andrew Crispo. And he, I believe, if he's not dead, he's probably still in jail. Uh-huh. Actually, no. I think he might have gotten out of jail. It's weird because Debbie Harry also figured into this book and when the police were looking for him, apparently the police did come knocking on her door. Really? Because I believe, again, this could be, I don't know, I didn't talk to Debbie about this, but apparently they had the same Coke dealer. Oh, and There was something like they were, you know, and he was scamming, he was selling fake art, but he also was gay he i don't know if he was gay on the dl but he was gay and he was picking up hustlers in bars and he also had other unsavory types of guys that he was using as bodyguards oh and then someone was murdered and i don't want to ruin it sure but the bag of toys is what you think it is yeah and there was torture and murder wow apparently and my friend eric who i was talking about with the slouch sock yeah was also he was like oh my god he goes I he goes I knew the kid that he killed that he was accused of killing. wow because it was like some sadomasochistic leather it was weird yeah. and uh, it's very strange. Um but it it involved all of that and he's like I knew that and I knew you know you know, when the posters were up, like looking for him, but anyway, well, and, and, creepy, and creepy that's,
1: movie. And that's not the first uh, sort of brush with a serial killer type oh, thing. Oh, her like Ted Bundy story. Had, I know I'm yeah. just
2: watching another series on serial killers then. And I do, I I just love her Ted Bundy story. It's so I crazy. that she's like, no one can tell her that it wasn't Ted Bundy. It was Ted. And they're like, he, Debbie, he wasn't in the e-. Debbie. Oh, like, do people try to it- tell her that? that oh wasn't yeah. The- they've like told her, that he wasn't in on the East Coast, that he might have been somewhere else, you know. And she used to have, you know, her experience would have been when she had the long, dark hair, like late 60s or something, which, you know, could have
1: happened, you know. Yeah. And like
2: you say, the car, you know, you know, who knows?
1: Well, I mean, but- she actually yeah, had to snake her arm out the window. She was able to get her. I love that. Yeah. And then the speed of
2: the acceleration of the car that he turned Flipped her out on the street. Yeah. Which is, so, speaking of streets, at yes. that Don Hills on New Year's Eve yeah. night of '96, yes. she ducked out the side door and I ran around <laughs> the club to show her my tattoo. Yeah. And she was smoking, it's back when she smoked cigarettes, uh, she smoked an American Spirits. Um, and I showed her my tattoo and she was like, Oh, it looks beautiful. And that was the first time she ever kissed me on the lips. So I've been kissed on the lips by her twice, which I always like to say. Anytime someone, you know, tries to up updo you on some type. (laughs) I've been hugged by, I always go, I've been kissed on the mouth by (laughs) Debbie Harry twice.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. One one time could have been a mistake, but twice. Right.
2: Twice was wonderful. Uh Chris, I actually saw in, it was in the fifth, it was Midtown. It was just south of Columbia Circle one time. I was walking across town to get across, probably to a gym or something. And he was just walking on the street. And I was like, oh, I was like, Chris, hi. And I was had short sleeves on. And I always wanted to see them to show, I showed off my tattoo. Yeah. And he looked and he goes, I'd recognize that signature anywhere. Yeah. One time, I was on La Cienega out in front of a friend's furniture store, and I was, of course, I was with this other idiot who was. <laughs> I was helping him load up a truck, and as he was distracted loading up the truck, you know, I'm looking north, and I look, and I'm like, "That's that's Chris Stein." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I just focus on Chris, and as the as he's coming down with this um person um and I'm like, Chris. And he's like, oh, hey, hey. And I was like, oh my God. And then I looked and it was Debbie. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I was like, what are you guys doing in town? And the greatest words you would ever want to hear come out of Debbie Harry's mouth came out of her mouth. Now, mind you, this was only fit this would have been curse of blondie or maybe even a little after curse of blondie sure And i said what are you guys doing in town and she goes we're looking for a liquor store <laughs> <laughs> and i just pointed right to pete and pete and tilly's i believe it, uh-huh. it is the liquor store because they were um i think staying at it's the little boutique hotel that's um they just expanded it. It's on Sunset, but it's down. Oh, I'm not sure. It used sure. to be this. It's not this. It used to be the Sunset Marquee. That's oh, what it oh, is. okay. I w- I kept thinking it was Tropicana because I was reading. I never knew the Tropicana was where that tacky ass Ramada Inn is in West Hollywood. Oh, is that where That's the Tropicana where was? The old
1: Tropicana was. I didn't know that. I've always been fascinated with the Tropicana because I'm a huge Me Tom Waits fan. Right, all the Ricky bands yeah, Ricky. Jones. Jones' new book? I've got to read that. I heard her on I Mark really want
2: to read show. It too. Yeah. I love that she's in New Orleans now. Yeah. You know, since that's my home state. And back to like the leather scene in New yeah. York and that Jack Kitty boots, Jackie 60, feeling like a nerd. Um Don Hills was fun. You know, when when there would be a show, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, I would always go. And there were some opportunities, like even with the Nellies, but but the Nellies were we we were nerds, you know, and even but wasn't though,
1: everyone nerds though? I mean, if you think I about mean, what a nerd no, is, no, there
2: were so many cool. J- just I I could be easily
1: intimidated. But all the cool kids are really the nerds that.
2: Well, we know that now, yeah. And I, you know, I mean, um, I still don't feel too cool. I mean, I know, well, a lot of I know my knowledge. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. You know, you know, um. But it was always, you know, I um I just gave someone, well, one of my costumers, uh, they're a leather couple, they're a married couple, but they're really into the leather scene, and I was never into the leather scene. Um, I just liked being in leather bars because I liked the music. I also liked the bar. I like I like jukeboxes. Oh yeah, I love a, jukeboxes. It's like me in a backseat driver. <laughs> I li- I just have to be in control. Sure, you know, yeah. you know, that's what's fun about. Even though I never wrote, I finally figured out how to create a sh- show that I could kind of control. You know, so <laughs> that's
1: a blessing. It's, yeah, that's, which is writing, though. I mean, really.
2: It is, it is. And I have learned to accept that I am a writer, yeah. but I accept that there are other people that I know that write dialogue. I write good dialogue when it's specific to redneck Southern Louisiana. I can tell I could write you some beautiful colorful ugly ugly language <laughs> of things that i've heard and picked up down there um but you know some people i just like you know like even for that show the conniewood web series yeah. i still used the guy from the Nellie olsons you know like a couple of those jokes like the agent looking at me and going connie you have something really special i can see it see what Your talent, Mr. Ray. I'm wearing panties. You know, like certain. I I can't write a line like that. (laughs) I can sell a line like that. I'm not going to come up with that. You know, you know. Get someone that's Ivy League educated, and your crassness can be (laughs) elevated. I like crassness. That's I like lowbrow. That's highbrow. You know what I mean?
1: Has come up on the show a couple times recently. It's actually a Brian Ferry quote that always resonated (laughs) with me. That I read in I think a compendium of Spin magazine articles. I like high culture and low culture. It's the stuff in the middle I have no use for. Exactly.
2: It, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's where I look. It's not an indictment, at, you know. And it's like, how can someone not be offended when they know they don't fit? You know what I mean? It's 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 why it's hard to communicate with people sometimes because they don't want to know the truth about themselves. And it's not an indictment, you know. Whatever well, those
1: people are, the people that you cannot communicate with because if they right. people are not willing to face truth of of certain kinds, then after a while in life, it's impossible to really even want to spend time with them.
2: I also have weird things when I go back home, like my father died uh, in 2016, and I have found that the older I get, the older my family gets, the less and less I want to visit. Sure. Not that I don't want to see them, but I've never had a desire to come. I just come home because it's required. You know what I mean? It's like- I don't belong there, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I have to change. It's like, I still have to change who I am. Yeah. Even though they're, they know who I am. They, they're fine. Fa- you know what I mean? They're never going to be cool with it because they don't understand it. They don't have gay. Fr- they, you will never understand. Oh yeah, I get it. I love when my sister tells me, you don't have to worry about that gate, you know? Oh, Hey, you ain't got to worry about nothing. <laughs> What? It, what are you talking? What am I worth? Right. What that I'm going to burn in hell? Um, <laughs> I haven't worried about that, yeah, <laughs> for quite some time. You know, but it, like you the know, premise but, is still there it, underlying. It's there because it's there. Yeah. where they exist, but on a different level as just perceiving things as a weirdo or just an odd bird. Um. So my dad died. We went home, and then there goes the whole funeral preparation, which I've never experienced funeral preparation, whatever. So, you know, it's very formal and they're just asking you basic questions, you know, nothing. And then they ask like, oh, is there a song that you, you know, and it's like, I just, I don't know. And luckily my mother was like, oh, he used to love Elvis's version of how great thou art. Yeah. And I grew up on first concert I ever, I always listen anytime somebody ever does the old, Hey, what's, (laughs) well, you know, those annoying Facebook things, not even that they're generated, but some people will do like what's the one celebrity you've had an encounter with yeah. that was not what you thought it would be. And one encounter that surpassed all your dreams <laughs> of what meeting? And it's kind of like, why are you asking these like kind of a douchebaggy question? <laughs> trying to pull out what? Who has the best? So, anytime someone does the "What's the first concert you ever see?" That's when my manicure set and my hot rollers come out <laughs> because I know that. Sorry, guys, I win. My first concert was Elvis Presley. Oh, amazing! And it's just that thing of where you go, God. Yeah, can't can you top that. Believe one? that you actually saw Elvis. And it's like, and I remember it and it was wonderful. And down South, listen, suburban women loved Elvis, you know, loved him. Yeah. So I grew up on all that. So what, she what meant, kind of
1: condition was Elvis in when you saw him?
2: Oh, bad. That would have been 74. He died in 77. I was in the first grade. I remember me and my brother, I guess it was the three of us and my mom and dad. I also remember sitting in front of us was another kid in my class yeah. with his parents. So there were lots of families there with, you know, did you hear how country there were lots of fam? It's weird. <laughs> I can go right back there. And I yeah. immediately turn back into Northeast Louisiana <laughs> Um, but I remember that. And then the year after we came back and saw Olivia Newton-John. Oh, wow. And i try trying to also remember she was my first, first love. And yeah. I did a, a Olivia a Newton-John show, yeah. show last year that I loved doing dear. That was a really certain things. And, and the other weird thing is like the the most emotional and the most touching personal shows for me are like my I when i asked you if you had seen my roxy music show it's like the show that i feel like no one likes or uh-huh. or like someone will see and they're like it's not your best show <laughs> and i always just have to kind of take that all
1: in because what is one of my best shows? it's weird when people say things like that because really it's it, that's about what their interests are yes that's all that huge means roxy me like this girl was a huge rugoxy oh, oh really go-
2: oh, yes, but it just didn't appeal to her as this, and I'm like, well, it's just it's a deeper show for me, you know, but you know that's neither here nor there, um when my mom had said, you know he my dad liked Elvis's how great thou art, yeah, well, it's kind of like I don't think the funeral home's gonna have have that, but he was like, but we have you know how great thou art, we have our own, and it's like, sure, that would be fine." Well, so the following morning or two days later, whenever we were actually going to the funeral, yeah, this is just something I'm saying as an outsider alien who comes back to the home ground sure, where people, okay, they've evolved some, but they haven't really evolved. Why would they? They do what they do. They raise, they do, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's familiar. I'm not it's, making any judgments yeah. on it. I would rather eat your food and have your meals any day over what I eat in California, <laughs> you know? So there are things that are awesome about what you got down there. Yeah. So no judgments, but my point of my story is when we all piled into the car, they turned the radio on. <clears throat> Sorry. That's okay. Um, And Elvis's version of how oh. great their art was on the radio and, it was one of those things where you, even as a fifty-year-old man, when you go back into your family, your yeah. birth family situation, I sat there listening to that, and I was going. I tried to get everyone's attention, you yeah. know, to tell them like, "Are you listening to what's on the radio?" Like yeah. that is, you know, you talk about you know God, and I'm like, "You're you have to listen for God," you know. Right. Th- that to me was. You know, I don't commute. I didn't have a great relationship with my father or anything like that. So it's not that I'm sentimental about my dad. Even I'm sentimental by how unique
1: and poetic. I hope uh, that
2: our all of our experience, even through pop culture. I Well, I have a yeah, very, I think
1: especially through pop culture.
2: Yeah, I have a very tender relationship with with pop culture, and it does influence me, and it speaks to me in. In ways, like I say, even, like I say, reading Debbie Harry's book, also similar to reading Grace Jones's book, because it doesn't read like a book you think she would write. I'll tell you about my Grace Jones cocaine story. Oh, please. At that's
1: that's <laughs> coming after I dry the tears. Would you like a, 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 I a paper to towel? Tears. Or
2: I had some paper towels here? that I think I stuck in my bag. Oh, look, I thought that was a candle. I thought it was like a prayer candle. It's just a giant white column of paper towels. No, I hate being sentimental, but but I am a very sentimental person. Well, I am as well, so I appreciate that, by the way.
1: I'm a big crier, so I appreciate that.
2: Just that thing, I just thought... Was so beautiful because if you've ever heard Elvis's version of how you can't miss it. And I'm sitting there with my brothers, my sister, my mom who suggested it, and no one is listening. And I'm sitting there saying, listen, what's coming through the goddamn airwaves? Right. And no one's even remembering that it was said yesterday they're on to something else and i couldn't tell you what that is right but i know that i'm still i'm still soaking up all the information yeah and i'm appreciating it so i'm like okay well you know that was my experience and i think i have a beautiful story that i can now tell about my father's funeral even though you know i didn't have the closest relationship with him you know but it was still wonderful because that would be him speaking to me because even when I came out on the phone, he had a much nicer reaction than like my mother did, even though we weren't as close as my mother and I were. But that's why a mother would have a negative reaction because we
1: are, you know what so, I mean? Zach, yeah, no, because so close, and, and close, but yet you, know? you were surprised by his reaction. What what was his oh, reaction? Oh, he had
2: the typical reaction every son wants to hear. You're my son. I love you. Yeah. Just, you know, my mother's was, we knew you had a problem, <laughs> you know? And then she let my, fa- oh, listen, it's <laughs> it needs to be, out there for the public to the best and mind you this was from new york when at 73 thompson street when i was in the you know a two room apartment with my best girlfriend from elementary school oh, so wow. from the town we grew up in yeah. in northeast louisiana she and i always talked about how we were going to run away to new york and start a rock band and somehow i wound up in texas and had kind of reached an end there, but mine was more not focused on what I'm doing artistically. Mine was more for a lot of gay men, our artistic years are, our whole maturity is dwarfed in a sense because like you say, you spend part of your life trying to be something you're not, just trying to be s- straight or just not, you know, stick out as being yeah. feminine or flamboyant, and not or... even
1: realizing that, that that's what you're doing as well. Yeah, not yeah, just trying to conform. Yeah,
2: and then you realize you don't have to conform, you know. So and like actually, that.
1: the not just the liberation, but then the celebration, as we talked about with Nellie Olsens, comes oh, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Uh, getting rid of all that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, to be on the phone and and to you know have my little girlfriend from elementary school holding my hand and mind you when we moved into that apartment in 93 oh so i was in texas and she was like hey i just you know wanted to get in touch with you and i need a roommate next month or or i need a roommate or i'm coming up and yeah i just wanted to call you and see do you ever plan on moving to new york like we talked about and i literally was like yeah 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 you know, and I did it. I did. I six months. I had paid off all my credit cards, saved up some money, packed up, drove up there, and and thought that that was the best time to come out to my parents. Was over the phone, but what my mother said to me before she before I went because it was a shock enough that I had left for New York. Uh huh. You know.
1: And how long were you in Texas for? That was the first move.
2: Well, I had graduated college. Oh God, that's a whole other story. I started out as a church music major at this Southern Baptist supported college in Louisiana, which would have been a four-year plan, but I knew I wasn't going to go in the church because that would have been a scandalo. Um, So I wound up thinking, well, I can't say vocal performance or there's no really, you know, I didn't want to add a theater degree because for some reason I wasn't thinking of acting, you know, I was involved in the theater department and I loved the theater department plays just did not music was what I was into. Yeah. So I added on education, which kept me there for another fucking, just, to, Oh God, talk about regrets. Well, sure. but I but, do kind of regret that, but again, all, all good.
1: Also the, the progress from even figuring out you want to be away from oh where you're God. from. Yes. Right. And then to even get to the point where you then go to New York. Yeah. I mean, that's like a Herculean. Uh, task. So you did do it. You know what I mean. Although I know, as as being you, you look back and you think it's
2: it's baby steps because that you know what was interesting about getting involved or or kind of transitioning from the music department at a Southern Baptist College to a theater department, which now. I can see the use of a music department for a church, a Southern Baptist school, but then you start going theater.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: because the the thing about that school was, is they were actually at the time, they're not anymore. Unfortunately, they had very progressive thinkers. Like one of our, the main, the head of the religion department, uh, his hero was Martin Luther King. Now the fact that someone on staff had a black man you know a black leader as his you know like not jesus you know what i mean it's kind right. of like not I already, robertson I already, exactly i already knew i was at a more consciously evolved yeah even though religion you still stuck to we there was no dancing on campus really of course when i was on campus i was a shit starter yeah or for them i was as rebellious as you could could be, yeah. I would usually go, hey you guys, here's some chalk. Go draw a hopscotch thing. And while the band's playing, why don't you play hopscotch? That's how we danced in the 80s. It was knees up, yeah. hopping, doing the pogo, whatever. Um, so there were, you know, it was still a safe place to push the push the limits. Yeah. Um, uh, but unfortunately now it's really regressed and it's not that type of place at all. But in eighty nine which is what when I would have graduated I did the Southeastern Theater Conference which is where it's where all the theater students from all the colleges from say Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, you would all go to the South Florida Southeastern Theater Conference and you would audition Uh, And you will be seen by all the theatrical producers of whatever Shakespearean festival in every city or town. Yeah. Little, every Florida, Tampa, Bushcart, everywhere. And that's when you start really meeting gay people. Right, So I wound up doing summer stock in Texas and I was like, ah, oh, that was the first summer, first person ever ate my ass. Like, you know what I mean? And you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay,
0: that's it's all where happening you here. do those things yeah, in a-
2: theater summer stock. Sure. And also those tech weeks, speaking of just coming out of a opening week, those tech weeks back then, you didn't get any sleep right at all now there wasn't a lot of drugs at this place there was a lot of drinking beer drinking smoking yeah. I don't ever okay i take it back i there was some pot but i also remember this one guy uh he smoked hash and i had and that i didn't get now i literally am like where is hash? Cause now that I'm older and I want a little more just sedate high. Yeah. And a friend of mine had some and we started rolling it up and we were just like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with hash now, <laughs> but apparently you can't really find hash oh, anymore. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's something. Well, if I hear of anything, I'll let you know. Do I yeah. can't, I can't believe it. I'm, you know, I have, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that that the that's what got me into Texas, and and yeah. also and that again that gets you more like into your first relationships and dating. Sure. And was and- that
1: the first time you had sexual? No, there was this. Okay,
2: when Rockbird Debbie Harry's Rockbird album came out, yeah. I of course was combing the college town there were only a couple of record stores but i would go and be like hey do you have any like promo if there i was looking for promo posters and this guy that managed camelot records but not in the main mall he was in this other smaller mall wasn't a very good mall so i i didn't and i worked at chess king oh wow at the alexandria mall yeah That I have to mention because we have such a love of, again, like you say, the '80s indie dramas. Yes. The Alexandria Mall. When I went to college down there in '85, they had just built a brand new General Cinema multiplex. That that's where I saw Blue Velvet. Wow. That's where I saw Dream Alan Pakula's Dream Lover with Christy. You saw that in
1: the theater. In the
2: theater. (laughs) I have two copies of Dream Lover on VHS. Wow. I have it on the Warner Archive, and I am waiting for that. It is, let me tell, but let me tell you this. It is a movie that only, and only. okay, 80, 88, that movie came out, I believe, 88 or 87. Yeah. How many years ago is that? 35. 35, 35 yeah, years so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taken me 30 years to really get. Through that, you know, because it's about sleep analysis and dream analysis. Because Christy McNichols attacked, and yes, you know, she's a very sheltered rich girl. Yeah, and she goes out on her own. She sublets this New York apartment, a dream apartment. You know, again, I'm watching this movie and thinking, oh my god. When I watch that movie, I it's like watching. I don't see watch. I don't rewatch Saint Almost Fire as much anymore because it's you know it's. It's not as deep as like... It's also I, highly I like, unrelatable, yeah, and those not, kids are fucking but, assholes. Yes, but <laughs> I do, depending on who you relate to, because if well, you're relating to the women like yeah. me, I'm relating to the Mayor Winningham character, and Mayor Winningham can do no wrong in
1: anything.
2: Sure. She's
1: a... Talk about underrated... It's not as bad as Top Gun, which I loathe. I've
2: still never seen and will never... There are certain things I know I don't ever need to see. Yeah, although know?
1: I will be doing a movie club, a torture myself movie club on Top Gun and Cocktail, a movie I despise well, with Sam do. Sparrow. So if you'd like to join oh, for Oh, I
2: love... I have a huge crush on Sam Sparrow. Are you kidding? Oh, that'd be...
1: <laughs> but perfect. That's perfect because... <laughs> Connie
2: will come to that. Fabulous. Uh,
1: because it'll be interesting to get all of our perspectives on it. Well, I am going to say now. another good idea would be
2: movies you hate that you've never even seen before that's that's a great idea
1: forrest gump gone with the wind you know <laughs>
2: things that i'm like i enjoyed I've forrest gump seen. i saw it once in the theater oh, i really
1: liked it tom now. hanks is
2: hard not to oh except see i can't even mention tom hanks's name without thinking about his rotten the son worst oh god no i didn't know he had a rotten son he has one that rotten awful son. um captain corelli the one about oh. the pirates that, I didn't that see that movie. One. I just, I get off. It was like riding the Simpsons ride or the Back to the Future <laughs> ride. I just, it just ruined me and, and I couldn't. I love Castaway, you uh-huh. know, so I, he's amazing and stuff like that. But
1: I remember seeing Volunteers in the Theater. Oh my God. And I didn't like it as a kid, which tells you that it's a bad movie. With his wife who, oh, Rita ruins, Wilson ruins everything she's in.
2: <laughs> she's just like, she's just, they keep. Okay. I used to say she was the original Zendaya. I'm like, <laughs> why are they continuing to force feed this woman? And then she married Tom. Well, she'd actually been married to Tom Hanks forever. So you can't even say she married Tom Hanks. And then we have to.
1: No, right. They met on that they, movie. Yes.
2: Yeah. They have been together forever. And she's, <laughs> she's lovely, but you know, I, she was so terrible in the psycho re- uh, that terrible psycho remake. I, I never say, saw that. D- well, it, you don't need to L- listen. If Julianne Moore is in the remake, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> she is the she is the greatest thing ever, except in a remake. Sure, it, she's it, the Ted the, McGinley it, in, uh, in
1: the re- in the oh, in remakes. Yeah,
2: just she's miscast so horribly. What's the Carrie remake? She's right? so horribly miscast. Just because she's pale skinned and redhead does not mean. She could do what Piper Laurie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a film
1: that never God. needed to be remade. Talk,
2: talk about. Well, the thing about that movie is, is number one, I'm not Steven Spielberg's writing Spielberg. Stephen King. King's writing doesn't. I can't. It's too cerebral for me. It's like certain other writer friends of mine that I'm like, you're you're too you're just too goddamn smart for me. I'm sorry, (laughs) I because I'm constantly going, what is happening? Can someone fill me in on what's going on? Who is this character? I can't understand what they're uh, sure. You know, so. The reason Carrie, I believe, speaks to a generation of gay men and maybe women. I don't think is well. Steve, you can relate to being an outsider because that's the Stephen King version. But Brian De Palma made it brilliant.
1: Oh well, yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, it's a movie about his bullying. Is brilliant and also. And, and also what happens to the mind. Well, yes, because, because now you think
2: it's you, – now you kind of get the sense that her powers come from the whole period and this whole thing of I have evolved and I am not what my mother thinks I am and I am not what these girls – I mean, those are the cuntiest high school <laughs> girls of all time. You know, and I worship Nancy Allen, but I'm yeah. like – it's because well, and even back when I dated girls, I always loved when a bitch and a bitchy <laughs> girl was into me. Because yeah. there's nothing like having a bitchy girlfriend. Because I talk about the old letters <laughs> I went through and I found letters from my little sweet fag hat girl who was, you know, a good sexy, gorgeous girl in her own right. But I was dating a model who was, you know, had a bob and she has dark look, you know, and she could not stand her and she was writing about her she's like if so if if she's coming i'm not going sorry met her that one time don't like her she's a bitch (laughs) and i'm just like oh this is so hilarious you know i'm like where is that movie you know you know i'm I'm sure it's been made but oh the fag hags and then when the fact maybe not maybe not yet maybe this is the thing that you're gonna write could could be
1: Where where were we? Well, were we were we? talking about Carrie and oh, talking Carrie, about Carrie, the- yeah.
2: But that whole, um, you know, because remember, he, in he, De Palma did originally shoot the flashback scene that's in the book that is in the TV version of Carrie. And I believe it's also in that really awful Who Did the Final Version oh, of Carrie? Uh, I can't remember. Her I can't, name. I can't, I'm, I'm awful. Tr- awful 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 um but They had uh, De Palma, because of, I don't know why, something happened with the special effects. They had the scene where Carrie spies on the neighbor, sunbathing topless. Oh, okay. And her mother catches her and beats the shit out of her. And I believe that brings the hailstorm of stones. Oh, okay. So that whole thing is from the start of the King book, that she's got the power since she was a kid. Yeah. But because we don't see that in the Brian De Palma movie... We just think that Ooh, she got her period and she thought she was dying, but she's not. No, my God, she doesn't know Jack. And that's, you know, it's so easy to talk about your sexuality and apply your sexuality, especially, you know, or even if you're straight and you just, you know, maybe you're bi or you're just curious, you know what I mean? Sure. If you just let, let the movie take you there and just identify with her, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for, I'm sure, for a guy to go see that movie and not just laugh his ass off at it because again, she's hurt. Carrie's reactions to everything. She's so over the top where you also relate to that gym teacher where you're like, I am going to slap (laughs) the living shit out of you, Carrie. If you don't just like snap the fuck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then
1: of course, I think the other thing is you see what happens when Deliberate ignorance of the religious mother well, is paired with you know when it, when a kid is, doesn't have a chance in hell. No, basically, and
2: the kids at school have no idea what she's dealing what? with, and they have the no, mothers so, do, but,
1: but they have no empathy. They have no. no they're no. just awful. The eventuality is total destruction.
2: But that's your ignorance, you know what I mean? That's just, you know, if you look at it like in, kind I guess, I don't know, a metaphysical way or whatever, it's yeah. like, well, you're all, dist- you know, because when you, speaking of the mothers, you know, Amy Irving's mother, who plays her mother in the movie, you know, she's got a cocktail at three o'clock in yeah. the afternoon, yeah. which is a subtle, you know, you don't really notice that because you're so taken by, pray, you know, Piper yeah. Laurie is so amazing, And if you've, I read Piper, Piper Laurie's biography, her autobiography is really good and really fun because she grew up in an orphanage. She, you know, her mother, I think was ill or maybe bipolar or something like that. And she was in foster care for a while. So she kind of had a very rough upbringing, but in talking about Carrie, she was reading the script and was like, this is a piece of shit. I don't really know. Yeah. She was just like, I, what is this all about? Yeah. And then her husband said, Oh, well, Brian De Palma is known for being satirical. And she goes, Oh,
0: oh,
2: it's a comedy. It's a satire. (laughs) That's and that's how she approached it. But that's how you got the perfect religious zealot because someone who's really, and I know from religion, someone who's really 100% hook, line, and sinker. And like one of the, the most important men. In my life, as far as an example, was my music director and his wife, isn't an, Well, and him too, they're nut jobs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they are into doctrine and they follow doctrine, meaning the like vanity when vanity got Jesus after yes. all the print stuff. Yeah, that's why vanity came off as like vanity, you just traded one.
1: Madness One for another really
2: it, madness is I was going to say addiction and I don't want to say people can be addicted to Jesus. No, or but addict, they can. I, but I they are. But, but it's, it's, it's madness, a safe hiding place. But madness is a better word. Because if you know, I don't know if you ever did you ever read the Nikki Six heroin diaries? Oh my good God, the vanity that that's the most fascinating stuff is finding out about vanity, yes, it is. Because we don't know anything about vanity, and I always say, when vanity, it was so sad when vanity died, but when Prince died just a month later, I was like, Well, <laughs> well, it looks like vanity did have a pretty good goddamn good relationship with jesus christ after all because your ass followed her right quick and i like to think that vanity is i love to think that they're both in heaven and that she is reading his ass to filth every day because it's like you could have helped her man you and you know god he's please look he's a genius you know i did i'm not a big i'm not a huge prince fan but the best thing I ever put on stage as Connie is probably my Prince show. Mm -hmm. Because, again, I might not like Prince, but if anyone was well cast for Prince, it's Connie. And, you know, Prince always had an array of really interesting women in his entourage, whether it was the woman that did the backups, you know, the big... Uh, big brick shit house, uh-huh. thick woman that diamonds and pearls. Oh yeah, pearls, diamonds and or, That woman or that he toured with. I yeah. can't remember. She was. I can't remember. Her She's name.
1: wonderful. I can't remember her. But like Jill Jones mm-hmm. and uh, well, Wendy and Lisa of course. Wendy and Lisa, but, Sheila E. and Susan Moonsey. And Susan, uh, the, the original... don't mention
2: that. Don't mention that one. That uh, Brenda. Ju- uh, no, Apollonia. Oh, Apollonia. <laughs> Someone did the. I'm getting really annoyed with. My, my my fall plans, the Delta variant, they keep doing oh, yeah. that side-by-side side <laughs> Me yeah. and people now are showing the original Vanity 6, and then the Delta variant <laughs> is the one with Apollonia, and I'm like, you got that right, it just ruined all of that, and that's just, you know, it's really a shame, because, you know, Vanity really was the, she was the R&B Madonna, because they were the two
1: mtv provocateurs of the female persuasion right and prince really had a brilliant thing set up when he created his own competition yeah, yeah. because he created the time he created vanity six
2: creating your own competition is a that's a
1: really interesting wild thing right
2: you know i was just talking about how competitive everyone yeah.
1: is and i'm like oh my god why can't it be healthy it could have been healthy, except he was sick in the way that he didn't pay them properly. Mm-hmm. He was abusive to them. And yeah. that could have kept going on. They could at the time could have continued. Vanity wouldn't have left when mm-hmm. she left. Uh, then, and then he replaced her with oh, Apollonia. And then the time Purple became Rain the family. It would have been so
2: much better. It would have been legit with Vanity. Yeah. Because I, I just. I don't. I just don't find Apollonia compelling. Sure, for some reason, but but Denise is. She is, and she's also just. I would say one of my top five all time in the history of beautiful women. But I have a specific idea of beauty. But she, as far as you know, a dark exotic. She is. Also, as a screen presence,
1: her Her and 52 Pickup. Oh, my God.
2: And there's also, well, also, I don't know if you've ever... That, I don't know if it's a Minneapolis show or what show it is, but it was online because a lot of my friends that I went to high school with, they worshipped Prince, worshipped Prince. Yeah. I was into New Wave and I also couldn't understand why I was getting shit for liking gay music <laughs> when Prince was like the gay, gayest motherfucker around, you know, but again, I didn't get, I didn't get his swag back then. Yeah. Now I'm, you know, I always had an appreciation for the early, like, con- all that it always sounded great to me, but... I just I didn't think I, I didn't I only watched the second half of nineteen ninety nine uh, and nineteen ninety nine Purple, Purple Rain, Rain yeah and I really loved it I love nineteen ninety nine that album though
1: that's a great because uh, that's a bus
2: that's a school bus album for me oh, track, okay you know Trump yeah. meets hearing that album because again as racist as it was down south all of my school listened to black. Music. Well, that's another that strange
1: thing that's always happened, yeah, right? Which, There's the consumption of black culture by people who are just wildly racist, yeah. and they never think about the dichotomy. Oh, there was one
2: year where uh one of the daughters of our English teacher, uh that all a bunch of her and her girlfriends, they were like a couple years younger than me, all had gone to Jackson, Mississippi, to see Lionel Richie in concert, and it was like the day that you're doing all the f- school photographers coming. If you are in any group like yearbook staff or 4-H or whatever, you're going to get your picture taken. And all those little girls were wearing their Lionel Richie tour t-shirts when her father found out she had a black man and it was not called he was not called a black man they had you know, a, yeah had they, they used other terms yeah shirt. he was about to have a fucking cow and she never wore that shirt to school again like the, you that's how you were raised back then like uh my parents never would have i mean my parents are still racist you know the irony is that my dad was Surrounded by black people, his entire—I I, like—he owned a furniture business in a you know the small town Tallulah. By the way, was the name of my town. Speaking uh-huh. of bankhead and oh, yeah. <laughs> being a drag queen, of course. Um But yeah, I, I like to say that if it wasn't for black people, I would have never gotten—I would have never gotten to go to a private school, an all-white school, because my dad's entire clientele was black and. He even hired, you know, black people with disability, like the furniture delivery guys, they were like muscular, but yeah, mentally off. No, seriously. And I'm not saying that, but like, again, I've, you, you hear horrible racist things down South, like things like, oh, they're a different breed than the ones you got in New York. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Like some yeah. white people are so ignorant that they still believe that black people are animals that's why they were slaves because they're like you know mules right they, I, seriously
1: yeah they, I have, they say things you know, that are things almost scarier because are the, not, yeah.
2: well and my dad would say he could use the n-word as like i always said oh he can i've never heard someone be more prolific with the n-word he could use it as a noun a verb an adjective an wow. adverb to the point where it again, and this wasn't until I got out of Texas and up to New York that I was like, ooh, people do not, you don't hear that anymore. Wow, how interesting. And then I would come home to visit and I became hyper
1: aware of it. Yeah, which I'm sure only served to feel more Uh, distance Yeah, uh, in in the the way that you feel about your family. Well,
2: you would try and get them to like, stop saying that or at least stop saying it when we're in a public restaurant and there's an entire black family, two tables yeah. and you're like dropping in bombs, like, I don't know what you think you are. It's just, you know, but by the same token, when I moved to LA from New York, it all started, it, it all started up again. You started hearing word, fat, you know, everything. Really? Oh yeah. Like usually because I'm a very well, when I drove, I was a very aggressive driver. And I also had an 81 280 ZX, so I could zip in and out. Like, again, it's like the best designed car because it was so thin. I uh-huh. could always find parking in LA. But I would regularly, if I got into an altercation with someone, I was always a Nazi faggot because of my blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm not German or anything, nor am I a Nazi. Um, but it's just that's the, go-to, the go to, you know what I mean. Sure, so sure. if it's a black person, they're gonna be you ethnic, you know. And it's yeah, just yeah. like wow. I, maybe it's because I didn't drive in New York, but I just kept thinking, well, why are we now here? No, it's because LA is freaking. They're racist. Be you know, our state's not as democratic, I think, as the rest <laughs> of the world would like. Thank God it is, and we have three premier cities. You know, thank God, because the rural areas of of California, it's as as, you know, as conservative let's say conservative, I won't say backward.
1: Well I mean you certainly on a drive I was on when I went up to Oregon Stopping off at the gas station, and suddenly there's country music playing, and Second Amendment phrase, oh, yeah. beer and koozies see, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, very. Yeah.
2: Well, in uh, one of our high schools, our rival schools, like you say, I belonged. We called it was called Lisa Law uh, Louisiana Independent School Association, I guess. And we were considered a class A school, meaning you had a very – there were only 38 people in my graduating class. Oh, wow. And we were the largest really? class. Wow. Yeah, the class before me had 22 people. So – um, but we would play other, other small private schools that were in other small Louisiana towns, yeah. you know. And Briarfield in Lake Providence, Louisiana, their mascot was the rebel. They were the Briarfield rebels and their school flag was the Confederate flag. Wow! Now, like I say, I I mean, of course, my family would be horrified if I sat here and said, my parents are racist, but they were, I'm sorry, they were. And it doesn't make does it well yeah it disappoints me but you know it's like my brother who still lives in Texas you know when i call them out especially in our political times when we talk about going down there and then my sister's a fucking trump supporter and saying stupid shit on facebook and i'm like you know what about, i have about i know it's family and i know there is inher- an inheritance involved and and land and things to do and we're all going to do our part but I'm getting really sick of this shit, Yeah, you know, to where I come home really angry and it's just an ugly, you know, thing, you know, um, but yeah, get us back on track. Oh, no, we're, that we were perfectly know, on track. We were
1: talking about very interesting things. Again, it goes back to what you were saying about not wanting to go home because it's not really home. No, it's not. You know, it, and also
2: being isolated um, in COVID, you also, you know, I used to always hear people be like, gay people choose their families. And there's a part of me that I just kind of look at people and I just kind of laugh because to me, that's, it's just so corny sounding. You know what I mean? Really, But, you, but it is, it is true. Yeah. But then you start thinking about no serious family. Okay you were part of a family you were part of your mom and dad's family i say mine because mine stayed together you know through all honey and they boy (laughs) yeah it was fun at times it was
1: Uh crazy
2: but again that's why i can do the shit that i do on stage right is because of the insanity you know so i'm part of their family but now my brother has his own family you know and talking about our parents dying i got to hear like you know you know, had a serious conversation with my brother. Like, do you save money, John? Like what, you know, he saw my show. He's the only family member. And again, probably the family member that, I mean, I'm, we're not close. You know, we don't,
0: we're just not, yeah. we don't
2: call each other, but yeah. I don't do that with my own friends. So it's not like, it's not, it's just who we are. Yeah. We're a family of independence. Sure. You know, and, um, a- again, He, I wasn't expecting him to be like, God, that was amazing. He didn't say hardly anything about me. It's not his cup of tea. But it was important for me to just say, hey, just sit down and let me show you what I do. Yeah, so you know who I am. So you know who I am. You know how I make a living. You know that I'm creative. Yeah. You know that, wow, I wasn't good at all the sports they tried to fit me into, but I can fucking dance up a motherfucking storm. And I can also do it 45 minutes nonstop with relentless shit going on backstage, if not more relentless than what's going on stage. And with a
1: full room of people there that are there to see you.
2: That was what I really wanted him to take away is me coming from Southern California to Houston, Texas and having old college friends come, and all these different people come and support. People that I had met through Facebook and Instagram coming cousins, you know, cousins yeah. that he doesn't see, you know, cousins that I'm interested in keeping up with, Right. you know, because my brother's a real, he's even more of a loner than I am. Yeah. I would imagine from what I know about him, <laughs> um, I enjoyed his, from first, what you gather. his first, his first, his <laughs> first wife that he wound up divorcing. Uh, he would bring her home on weekends from college. And luckily for me, she came home with Brian Ferry, boys and girls, Frankie, oh, say relax, Depeche yeah. mode, new or I would have never, I would have stayed with my girls. Yeah. I would have stayed with my Debbie and Dale and Terry and Olivia. Those would have been my girls. I would have never known about, I, would, I knew about David Bowie and I, I listened to David Bowie. Yeah. Loved, loved him. I would have never, I knew Roxy music, but I would have never, you know. Well, to find out was, about Roxy
1: music too, especially yeah. in the area that you grew up.
2: Yeah, to even see what he looked like. Like I remember, I first heard Blondie, so my love of Blondie first came through the ears. It was never a visual representation yeah. about what she was like. Once I saw her, it just you know you're just kind of blown away. Yeah. And then once I really got into her stage performance, I realized that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to and and even again like going from music to college. Um, theater, regional theater to New York auditioning for Broadway shows, but <laughs> then finding out about yourself that baby you ain't got the lungs for a broad. It's like, you're going to be in there with the dancers. I wasn't a trained dancer, but I was built like a dancer. Cause you know, I was always coming in some sexy tight, ty- <laughs> you know, hey, the guy that wrote the musical for Carrie, the music Dean uh-huh. Pitchford. Uh, he also wrote like Fame music for oh, Fame. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Uh, footloose. Yeah, I had done a pre-Broadway workshop of Footloose, and he did it. And um, after the audition, you know, because I I when I, I remember the audition, you know, talking to him about how much Footloose meant to me because I started out in church music, so the whole Footloose dancing is a sin. This leads sure. to all this. That meant a lot, and I think me telling him that. Probably led to him using me in this workshop yeah. because he then had a conversation with me and I think he was, he's gay also, but he had a conversation with me about my flamboyant. Nature. Yeah. And no one had ever done that. You know, mine was more like from my mom's like me wanting to go buy red pleated pants from the merry-go-round, you know, and her whispering through the slats in the dressing room door. If you get those pants, they'll call you a fruit. It's sure. cool. And I'm thinking, yeah. I wanna I like red. Yeah. You know? And Why it is just, this a
1: problem? But then you just start it it learning just pissing it's me a me off problem. more. Yeah. And
2: making me defy I got, guess who got the pants? Me. <laughs> I never had the right. That was back when all our shoes were brown. Yeah. And brown sure. and red are the worst. So of course my mother would have never bought me black shoes uh-huh. because that would have been too Not I don't know not too uh, weird too city or something. She loved some earth tones, some oranges (laughs) and some rust and some browns and beiges. I navy blue. I Uh I I hate navy blue to this day. Khakis because it just yes you know you know I eh, khakis are okay. Look please are you kidding? I'm into a. (laughs) cholo and some khakis <laughs> and some white socks and a red headband that's that's a look um but yeah where were we oh that reminds me that the this... terrible
1: robbie benson film walk hard is coming to blu-ray
2: i walk hard was he playing like a native american he
1: plays a chicano yes yeah, it's the
2: hbo my childhood there you Luckily, go yeah we also those were the hbo sleepers
1: yeah well that's another thing too i'm sure that that's where it all started with the movies and everything watching mm-hmm. cable or the yeah. uhf stations well you
2: know again like before i and, and like i said i was admitting how you know the last group i was into uh was sugar babes you know so right around the millennium is when i stopped being interested in new artists and yeah. i even felt like i was like way too old to be so in to sugar babes but <laughs> You know, because I did not like Spice Girls. Spice Girls were terrible. They, you know, none of them. But Sugar Babes, I actually really love because I love vocal harmony harmony arrangements. But not, not for not the Spice Girls, like girls who really want to sing and like, no, I want to do that. You know. And they were also fun girls. They're 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 that's an interesting girl group. Yeah. Because they wound up losing members, and there have been more different versions of Sugar Babes than. You could even imagine. Oh, okay. More the menudo. Fa- yeah. Fascinating. It's really yeah. fascinating. Um, um, yeah, and I just got off again. But, no, that's okay. But, oh, we're oh, not, oh. Not... But yeah, my parents, so I remember when I was a kid, my parents were like, I remember listening to Elvis eight tracks and, yeah. my, and the and the irony talking about racism and stuff. I remember my mother wore this Freddie Fender eight track out. Yeah, And I'm thinking, like, you love Mexican music. You love this guy singing. I even like it. And I'm like, why are you so fucking racist? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's just. Right. But a lot of that depends on, I believe, was also self-esteem that I'm learning about. Like, some things I didn't know. And again, I don't know if they're true or not. But, because um, I might have a, let's just say I might have a. Conversation with a family member, maybe they're inebriated or under the influence and something's coming out that, you know, even though I know they might tell lies out the ass and you have to basically just imagine that everything that's coming out is a lie. Yeah. You know, there are some things that come out where you're like, no, this sounds, this sounds truthful. Mm -hmm. And this is really sad. Like, um, something came out to me, they were like, well, you know, your mother got a basketball scholarship to louisiana tech and this was something that was just brought to my attention like two months ago and again i don't want to get emotional like thinking about all this that's okay but when you think about like who you who you try to be or who who you want to who you create you you realize it's like you are not creating anything that's that far again, I don't know about other people's experiences. Like, again, like if someone's in the wrong body and you're, you know, but I'm talking about like brain stuff and just how you're raised. I, I'm not, um, it's, I'm not that, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but apparently, apparently uh, my mother may have gotten, potentially had gotten a scholarship to go to college and she threw it in the trash. Yeah. And I thought, Oh my God, that makes so much sense to me, and why she she was the most negative person ever. She never really said that we could do anything, right? You know, it was always you can't do that, and it's like yeah. And yes, who do you think you are to yeah? Can it's like no, you're not. You're not going to do that.
0: You what
2: what you 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 you're not going to make any money and then it just became when she realized that she couldn't stop me from music or acting or whatever it was you know whether like honey telling me i'm not going to make any money that so so you ain't got yeah. no damn money yeah wound up they did very well but they never spent it you know that's mm. why you have money because you never you never yeah. lived you know what it means yeah, like my like god yeah. it's so it's yeah. so weird to me and then i might have you know I could have been bleeding from my ass, you know, uninsured and be like, um, I need a little hell and it might be $50 and then she goes spend a hundred dollars on a black, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, oh yeah. my God, the priorities of people. Well, and also but,
1: it's a, it's a sort of like continual messaging that you are not worth fill yes, in the blank and that and me- I, and, and even from their spending habits, because it's like they might have had money, but they never Spent it on themselves, it, yeah. so it's a. But
2: some people also just don't want to travel. Like some people don't want to go to. They don't want to go see the Holy Land. Yeah. Even though I have like, I still have tons of people I went to college with. Oh, we're in Jerusalem, and the and I'm just like, I don't have any desire. <laughs> to see where jesus walked it yeah. doesn't mean i don't love jesus it doesn't yeah. mean i don't buy into i absolutely you know just for all you biblical people out there i am still very into the basic principles of christianity yeah uh which is love conquers all uh, which we're all into—love, uh, forgiveness, you compassion. have to compassion, and the but the number one that people don't—the yeah. hardest one—and it's the best one: repentance, bitch. When you do somebody wrong, don't give a half. Don't say I apologize. You're sorry, bitch. Yeah, no, you're sorry. Say yeah. you're sorry. You right. mean it, you know? And you might fuck up and do it again, but just, just keep coming back it's fine and some people be like "Ah, you need to change it's like no some people don't ever change right all the best you're gonna get from them is an apology the fact that it's a genuine apology that's what makes it mean something you know what i mean it's like some people just you know can't help it but that bums me out because i used to look at photographs of my mother on her high school basketball team and i used to think what a badass she was so she was the most attractive woman, you know? Yeah. And it was so cool. And I think the lady Texters, the Louisiana Tech women's basketball team. Out of any basketball team in America, yeah. they and in the eighties. Now, my mom was this would have been the forties. This would have been like in the fifties. Yeah, but I can't imagine what it would have been like to know that the lady texters were goddesses yeah. of college basketball in the eighties and nineties, and probably even today. What it could have been like, wow, what if your mom, that would have been like so, it would have been like, you know, like that movie, a league of their own, you know, yes, it would have been, it would yeah. just been really cool. And,
1: and it would have affected also just her whole worldview well, yeah, and it, like the idea of what's possible. I bet ends. my
2: brother would have gone. My brother was immensely talented athlete. It meant the one that saw my show. Yeah. immensely, he was the only person in my school and my uh, you can look up our principal, our football coach, Racer Holstead. He was the the most winningest. That's a word. I love that word. Winningest. <laughs> Speaking of Charlie Sheen, he was yeah. the most winningest football coach in the history of high school football in the state of Louisiana. My yeah. little school. He was uh, – uh, look – he was a monster. Now it would have been absolute child abuse. Not yeah. that he, he would have changed. You know, I remember there was one football player that died from heat exhaustion. During wow. We, he worked. It was crazy. It was yeah. insane. Um, and my brother was chosen like one of the top 50 football players in the state of Louisiana, you know? So, you know, and I think, you know, probably and he was, he was a little skinny, you know, maybe my parents just didn't want him to get brain injury or something like that. Cause he was like a fullback or something like that. Uh-huh. And I don't think I would have, you know, I wouldn't want that either, you know? So who knows, but you know, it's just kind of like, oh man, I just, any opportunity, you just, you have to go for you know you, you shouldn't, shouldn't have to go for it I mean, which you have done you too
1: like you know well i feel like i just created all well that's what i mean you know like you know it's I had to create especially all remarkable no from yeah. give, given that the surroundings that you are in yeah you it know it took a while well yeah but that's the thing too i think to think about stuff like that and, and be gentle with ourselves <laughs> when we think about stuff like that like i part of me sometimes is like oh gee i wish i had moved to la a whole lot earlier than i did yeah but at I the same that. time With whatever my circumstances were and whatever that was, that's I went at the right time. Like I moved here at the right time, you know,
2: because you have to account for longevity. It's like I'm in my 50s now. And that's another thing that I'm having to deal with looking at myself and going, my God, I found the niche, you know, at 40 of how to tell a show. Through no dialogue and only dance, yeah, and it's only recently since I've even been incorporating dialogue. Not because it—it's it, just because I want to do it. Sometimes I do want to say lines. You know yeah. what I mean? Because a lot of people will look at my stuff and be like, "I like your shows when when there's no dialogue and it's like a silent and I'm going, I know. I like those shows too, but sometimes that's not it's not as easy as you think it is, you know?
1: Um, well, it's also like when people would be like, well, I liked his earlier ones better. They were funny with Woody Allen, even though obviously to bring up Woody Allen's name, not to bring up a whole bunch of other things, but it's the same thing.
2: I still love, I know. And I saw it's weird. I, even to touch on that, I saw that weird, you know, and a lot of it, I, of course was one. I always like to say, you know, when we really were thinking about, you know, Democrat, Republican and, All these in this political time with Trump, I realized that some trigger words that I say today. Or Republican words that Republicans love to use, like I love to throw around the word "you elitist." Son, you know, like
0: oh yeah, yeah.
2: That I didn't realize that Republicans like to do that about Democrats. They like to think that all Democrats are
1: elitist. Well, they like to brand them that or way, brand them to that. trick, to, and it appeals to the people that feel hard done by by yeah. the world. Yeah, that's the trick. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the trick. But These that's liberal where I elites. Come, that's where yeah. I come from. Right. But see, my mother was always a victim. You, it, and there it's you like, go. But see
2: you threw But and again, I don't even know if that's a real story. It could be something I'm just making up. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is, it still applies because it's that mentality of you threw it in the trash. You know what I mean? You'd you didn't even right. like pin it up to your wall. And re did you reread it? Did you read it ten times or third time? Or third? even
1: or even tell your children about it? You heard it from another family member
2: but that was also you know my mother was the worry you know it was just all oh god living in worry and
1: living in fear and catastrophizing that's, and yes all that, and that, that's that why i say thing.
2: you could not open a drawer mm-hmm. in any room in in our house and not find a tube of preparation h or some type of hemorrhoid i said y'all bitches need to let go of some <laughs> shit because they did they held it on and i'm the same way it's like but again that's why i always say like you know your basic principles of religion or whatever, whatever you study, it's like, you got to release shit. But that's a therapy thing. People do therapy and you get to release your shit. I scream at people. And that's how I get to, you know, (laughs) unfortunately, a lot of people that I scream at, they can't handle it. You know what Uh I mean? And that's unfortunate. I like to say that I, I can take it as much as I dish it out. So when someone does come after me, I try to just like, just let them go let them go off on you yeah it's fine you know
1: and it has nothing to do with you it doesn't unfortunately but it's hard to understand it's hard to like put that into practice in the moment
2: yeah la is different new york people are so much better about just you know going off on you if your friends or whatever and just just like let it because i'm the type once i once i've gone off on you oh i'm fine but then that person is gonna suffer for weeks and it's like well, that didn't really work out. Do you, you ever find it. yourself
1: hel- holding back from a confrontation or reacting in the it's moment worse. because you're worried because, because you know how bad it can be when you run cork on someone?
2: Well, like when I worked. Okay. When I. Well, like when Mario Diaz and I worked together because I know, you know him. And yeah. We all know him and I, I love him dearly and I love him dearly in a sense. I love him as a fan. You know what I mean? The same way I love the Nellie Olsons that 's why I, I was always able to it 's not me patting myself on the back when I say no, the Nellie Olsons were the greatest group, especially when I was in the group it's not because I contributed that much it's because th- what they were writing for me and what who they are and their take on it, and just who they are you know um but and and the uh, the odd thing is like when we were with the Nellies, we never had crazy screaming yelling and we it was always cohesive with what we brought yeah and we all knew what we liked to watch so if we're watching part of the show and we're going this you were not funny in this okay i won't do it i won't do it yeah that was never an issue it's like you still have it you'll work yeah. on it maybe two years from now you know here it's like Oh, would you just cut my goddamn arm off? You know I'm like? Really? It's that you know? But I'm even like that too. Now, I'm impossible to work with because I'm not a writer. I don't start with a page. And well, you it, are a writer, but not in that. But, but again, here's how I write a show. It starts with a song yeah. that I love. But it can't just be one song. It has to be about 10 songs. Yeah. And then those 10 songs have to somehow come together and tell a story but not through the lyrics necessarily sometimes because that's what i do when i start editing all the music is then i start removing lyrics that do not per- portray what i'm trying to per- portray sure. that's why it's important for me to not ever when people say you could do you could do a show on you could do a show where you could do it online and charge tickets if you, you know, have someone write your music. And I'm like, well, you, but you just removed, it would be like one of those RuPaul rusicles I'm like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's yeah, kind it's a, of what, funny. She, it, and some people love that, but- that's not me. My drag comes out of my love for everything we've discussed today. And the fact that you know this song, that it's going to make you think of a certain way you felt about it, depending on your age. That's why middle aged women are my biggest supporters and love me the most because I'm, I believe, part of it is because I'm pushing out a persona. They still can't push out as forceful, yeah, as I push out because I'm a guy that's the privilege male privilege I have that I'm also luckily comfortable in my sexuality and my homosexuality, and also the fact that I'm feminine i that took a long the feminine that took a long while, but I realized like what's it's uh, the irony is what someone told jamie lee curtis about her that she could do comedy Mm -hmm. and i think maybe it was christopher guest you know um he's you know said your your legs are funny and I, i can't remember the story it was a great story but she she spoke about that and they're like there's something funny but if you look at her there is some, and it's weird in Halloween Two, I was always obsessed with Jamie Lee Curtis's feet. She was barefoot in that <laughs> yeah. movie. She has kind of masculine feet. Cause I think women have kind of uh, gross, ugly feet <laughs> after all the high heels and the footwear and all, if you really get, they've been tortured and I know from having to wear high heels now, yeah. it is not fun. So I'm sorry, but you know, most of the guys, if they halfway take care of their feet, guys have kind of cool feet, you know, they're all right. Um, don't know where I was going with this. No, you're about, well, what, Jamie
1: Lee Curtis, uh, the thing Jamie Lee about- Curtis, and
2: the legs. So then you start looking at her legs, and then when you get around to True Lies, after she's come out of Scream Queen, kind of nerdy and again one reason why i do jamie lee curtis a lot which you i don't know if you notice but the whole ending credits of my show where i'm the babysitter with the cat that's all halloween right even though i'm doing the other girls like i spill the cat juice on my blouse that's nancy um Uh, pj uh, souls nancy keys nancy uh loomis oh oh, okay the other one not linda annie yeah you're Uh, She spills the butter, and then Michael's watching her through the window. She takes her top off. And that's when I put on the blue button down, which is the Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode look for the end when I have to walk up the stairs. And that whole thing when I'm walking up the stairs, that's all Jamie. I could watch. (laughs) And it kind of gets you back to writing and what you were asking about, writing and telling a story. I could watch, and it's also very De Palma because he loves to watch women. That's why he photographs sure. walking a lot. Angie Dickinson at the museum.
0: Genius. Right,
1: right. The, the scenes in Body Double where Craig Lusson is trailing. in
2: Carrie. And the Fury. Her whole... Yes, but she has the whole silent movie thing. Oh, yeah. Where she just watches the prom. You... It's so amazing. Right. I love, you know, when I watch movies over and over to watch them from... Okay, let's watch it from Amy's perspective. <sighs> you know, Sue Snell. And you're watching her, she says nothing because she's not supposed to be there. So she's like watching the Connie show, in my opinion, as she looks up and she sees her friends outside and, wait, what is this? And who's under, wait, you're under there and where is this rope? And it's just amazing. Right. So that, you know, when you you are creating something, you know, like getting back to writing, it's like... I'm creating, oh God, it's so hard to explain, from such a fan perspective of what, what I never got to do and what I really wanted to do is be Jamie Lee Curtis's. I want to audition. I would feel more comfortable auditioning for Daryl Hannah's parts, Jamie Lee Curtis's parts, Laura Dern's parts. Sure. I can name you all the masculine sarah jessica i don't like her parts but Uh you know what i mean i i'm more like i always do daryl hannah as blade Runner. i never miss an opportunity to do that or anytime connie cries or gets really upset or like i like to say like someone said when she around the third part of the show when she freaks the fuck out (laughs) you know um I like that Laura Dern, you know those types of characters and stuff, because I know I can pull off that kind of those andro. I find those I find those women to be androgynous, and, yeah, and you know if they were gender fluid, gender fluid, and and yeah, so so watching Jamie Lee Curtis evolve from kind of also. You know she had her teeth done so mm-hmm. there's this really beautiful charm about how she used to smile without showing her teeth or right she would laugh and then it would be a
0: and yeah, it's so
2: and, sexy and yeah. it's just like wow and another thing about halloween that i love is you know if you remember what she wears early She's dressed hideously. She's wearing this weird, like a turtleneck unitard. Mm -hmm. And she's got this big, full maxi skirt. Yeah. And then this kind of flowery print skirt. And then this beige sweater. And then she's got these weird, long, beige, thick, like ski stockings. yeah. But then she's wearing these weird brown (laughs) loafers that are high-heeled. Yeah. And she's, again, if you look at her legs back then... She's kind of, she's like a Fosse dancer, okay. which is also how I'm built. Yeah. We're kind of not, it's the, it's the, the not. Need, oh yeah, it's sure. It's the broken doll type sure. thing. It's a not need pigeon toed, even though I try desperately to not be pigeon toed when I'm in drag because it uh-huh. drives me crazy. I try to <laughs> do the dancer thing. Like yeah. you're a dancer, St- stay sure. with dancer, but you know. But
1: of course know, the Fosse... Fosse's hearts were all sometimes designed just me. because of his. He had some oh, broken Yeah, he was kind of fucked his, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. saw your Fosse book over there. I'm obsessed with him. I could, listen,
2: don't get, you know, please. That whole Dorothy Stratton well, ending to my show yeah. is Star 80. I've been, you know, I always like once a show reveals itself because, again, things come that came very late. That came, uh-huh. that came very late out of nowhere. And I was actually supposed to have the guy that plays my agent. Come on at the end of my curtain. We kept thinking, I kept needing more time, and I did not want to add another dance number because I was <laughs> like, I am not in shape. Yet, yeah. to start doing that again, um, because that was exhausting. And I, when I saw the video back, I was like, Bitch, you were hardly even moving. I'm saying, I'm going, Oh my god, I got a long way to go to get it back, you know, before I'm 60.
1: Um, but, um, but again, we all feel that way too. Like, I remember, I know, I know, towards the you, end of the, Well, just yeah. to let you know, uh, yeah, towards know. the end of the pandemic, uh, and people get mad when you say the end of the pandemic, but let's say recently when it started the tailwind whatever time we're in um i sort of went off the rails with eating cookies every day and like you know when your clothes get tight and i used to have i used to be heavier and so i I freaked out but that's the feeling and i just wanted to relate with you on that feeling like it won't be that long i stopped I i stopped buying
2: clothes And then don't fit in anything, so it became this thing of limiting. Of I can wear this red striped tank top. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, it's it's very very strange. It's a strange
1: feeling though, though. So I just wanted to share with you that because I I know exactly that feeling. Yeah, it won't be that long you know what i well, mean
2: well you know you never know you never know how it's going to evolve well it's no you so... don't
1: but i mean you're it's also you're just back to performing mm-hmm. which is a whole thing in and of itself because yeah. whenever would you have taken that much time off you wouldn't have taken that much never. time off yeah and getting back to your routine
2: get your metabolism back
1: into well, that, it its, that's its true too, and also the so... mental uh aspect of how our body works mm-hmm. and to be in such stasis for mm-hmm. so long yeah it, we we've never experienced something well, yeah. like that. It's like, and the lack of sex. Sa- that was a oh, lack another of sex. Thing. Oh, cause I Jesus didn't really, Christ. I
2: wasn't really into getting back into masturbation. Just, uh, you know, it was weird, Yeah, you know? So it was just kind of like something that was just like, but it was also like, al- uh, there were also things that I just found like, okay. I guess you're not going to die, but I do think sex is important.
1: I do. I don't, I think that's why guys
2: get prostate cancer. I think you got to keep releasing.
1: Yeah. Because, and also the contact, just the intimate contact with someone, I think.
2: Yeah. There were some guy friends of mine. They were kind of like starting Facebook groups and stuff. They're like, you know, just for guys, you know, just we miss human contact. And I'm like, um, no, I don't think this is for me. I don't know if I miss human
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's strange. It's like, yeah, it's just, uh, that's always been, a, that's always been. Oh, really? The sexual journey or the, yeah, that's always been a very, and then when you introduce drag uh-huh. into that, creating relationships and even people that, you know, I mean, I've mostly been a public sex type not saying public display but yeah. just you know encounters uh-huh encounters i worked in the fitness industry sure the movie perfect is which i also tied, <laughs> yes. tied one of in. my
1: one of my many uh, posters in the bathroom that we were talking <laughs> about during the break <laughs> i
2: love cuz it's a good way to re- you know it's like oh well i have a story about that post you know yeah, i can just I lo- look yeah. around your room and go you know i could tell you something about that <laughs> but yeah the the perfect thing it's like yeah i have was a 30 i spent 30 years in the fitness industry i started in college yeah you know i took one aerobic class you know because i was doing that i got that freshman 15 did one aerobic class in louisiana at the alexandria uh health and racket club and that teacher turned right around and was like, "You!" and literally five other women came right up to me. And that teacher's like, you need to get a routine together. We will hire you as an instructor. And wow. that started a really awesome, n- not only career, but an awesome way to hook up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know, right. The, you know, post 70s uh, swingers what was it what was the place called plato's retreat oh, Plato- yes
0: right yeah, yeah which yeah.
2: Ugh, that stuff freaks me oh god could you, <laughs> can you so one of those bravo shows they were showing the high rise that is oh it's that old building the where the saint mark's baths were oh right right and oh my god it is you know like you can hardly do with the douchebag real estate agencies but ah seeing new york architect you know that yeah. building was amazing yeah and it was a it was an apartment that Mickey Rooney had lived in and they had not Changed it, really? so it was wow. fantastic. And they were like, and there was even, you know, a gay spawn. And it would you out it, it was like, oh, that's where all like, you know, the hookups were and everything. That
1: was where Plato's Retreat was. But I think that's, I think,
2: or that's, or it's where the same. It wasn't where the was same works bad. It had to know it was Plato's Retreat. But I always look at those old Plato's Retreat, and it's like everyone's lying in some round bed. I'm just like, <laughs> uh. But then of course I just got off the bus today, where the man <laughs> got off with his entire ass exposed, and I'm right? sitting there thinking john you really do need to do more laundry when you ride the bus <laughs> yes maybe
1: you shouldn't you right, know yeah re stuff maybe bus clothes perfect a lot of that was shot on santa monica boulevard yes, right yes what was it called the sports connection or the sports f- connection yeah i
2: taught there the sad thing about the fitness industry in la as opposed to new york is in new york it was lucrative you you could make a lot of money. yeah. And I came out here and immediately it was like a great starting over again to where I worked myself up in 2000, like around, well, you finally just stopped asking for raises because you weren't going to get one. Oh, sure. It just, the industry changed and people, gym culture changes from, you know, cause when it started, it was Boutique again, yeah. You know where Crunch was just an aerobic studio, and then Crunch started adding equipment, mm-hmm. and then Equinox was just one. And I would teach it that one on the Upper West Side, and Billy Baldwin would, you know, he'd be on the stair, stairmaster with his. He I always say he was like the skinniest legged Baldwin. All the other <laughs> Baldwins are thick, yeah. And then William was just bird legs, he would always have the black tights on with runners. Runner shorts over them. That was kind of his thing. But yes, if you ever want to know about any celebrities, I have seen, I have seen the most. You, the the, I have seen Pat Boone naked, like. By the way, my first my first
1: concert was Pat Boone. Pat Boone. You know where? Oh, what's the name? Heritage USA. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was because we were visiting relatives in that area, and that was there was nothing to do. Was it Arkansas, Uh, South Carolina?
0: maybe okay, okay. or
1: one of the carolinas yeah he was a big holy roller yeah the but Pat, loved, jim and tammy faye baker being, place he
2: loved being naked
1: he loved being naked yeah. really at the sports club well
2: because and you know there are a lot of cheesecake photos of him you uh-huh. know bare assed and he's you know in the shower and he's kind of you can tell he was probably singing really and so yeah i i always kind of love those types of of, we call them they like to call themselves believers that oh, creeps me out when yeah. someone says he's a believer and all of a sudden i start hearing you know the soundtrack to the omen yeah <laughs> and i'm like stop. stop 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 yeah i don't yeah. want to get into that fucking martin sheen movie that john schlesinger <laughs> movie. Oh, the yes beli- right that helen shaver shit that freaked a, that me. that is a scary out. movie i yeah. do not yeah speaking of a rare one that and i remember hating that movie but I keep thinking, God, I didn't, you know.
1: I want to see that one manager. again. Uh It's yeah. a really good one.
2: But Pat Boone, yeah, he was standing, blow-drying. <laughs> this was after that. Remember the his metal album yes. where he did the leather? No more Mr. And nice his, Guy. Yeah, his body was, you know, kicking. His yeah. body was like, he had a really good body.
1: Yeah, he was wearing a yeah, shirtless with a leather vest on the front of that one.
2: Richard Gear, I mean... He was, he's one of those that I think gets in shape for his movies. Oh, sure. And I think he's also one that when the camera's on him, he's just one of those guys that it's going to enhance everything. But yeah,
1: yeah, I remember, uh, Um, Not a natural drummer, I got to say. Oh, for real? In three of his movies. Oh, yeah. Think about it. He does
2: do a lot of like in Breathless. He was so corny with his drumming and stuff.
1: That movie, I tried watching that in the middle of the pandemic and I was so annoyed. Yeah, I was so annoyed with it. I was like, I can't take this. Well, do you know the big
2: gossip or the big sad story about that movie? No,
1: what? Did you know that
2: Karen Black was in that movie and they cut her entire what? part out. I heard because she was so fucking fantastic.
1: Oh, wow.
0: That
2: it, it just, it Changed sets the, the movie whole... off. It's like, they're terrible, and she's fucking dynamite. Yeah. She's Karen Black, and she just knows what to do, whether she's in a piece of shit or the greatest thing ever put on cell. Yeah. You know, which she did a lot of those too. And and I just, God, where uh wouldn't you die to just even know who who is she playing? I have no
1: idea. Right? How?
2: I only know she was in it. And yeah. She was cut out.
1: I wish there was a Blu-ray that had that uh, I know. I'm in just it.
2: going. Where is it? I thought when you said that, I was thought. And Karen Black?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I have to actually finish Karen-tina watching the movie. Would know.
2: He, yeah, he definitely he would, would have know. to know something about that.
1: And he, the reasons he specified for loving the movie are why I want to check it out again. Because he does say, he says, he probably plays one of the most unlikable characters in any movie ever. But it, he, the thing he loves about it are the deliberately artificial driving scenes and mm-hmm. all of that. And also, I did love like the opening five minutes. It's just this lurid pink concoction. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Gear also does some drumming stuff in Looking for Mr. Goodbar.
2: Oh, that's in my fade to connie show oh okay because it's i wanted to use because there's a sequence where well after my king kong and connie okay for the audience that doesn't know real quick in fade to connie connie gets a job uh entertaining the uh, troops in well in where apocalypse now is because i'm using footage i open the show with the playboy bunnies on the helicopter and i replace barbie benton and uh (laughs) even though it was cindy wood on the helicopter with colleen camp and whoever the other girl is and then i jump into the ocean and that's when we do a little thunderball underwater sequence and then i'm chased by jaws and then i'm rescued by jeff bridges from king kong and then i am kidnapped by the island natives and i fall in love with king kong and king kong and i I even i'm using footage from the movie but in my story king kong and connie decide they're going to do an act together and we take him back and it's connie and Kong tonight (laughs) and it's all done to vanity's wild animal And then it goes into Duran Duran's Wild Boys. It's really one of my favorite things. And I worked with uh, an editor who was a music editor, and he did like the Bourne trilogy, did Uh the Matrix film. So he was a really good editor, and he had been a friend of mine forever. And you know, after a while, Hollywood stops using those guys because they command a lot of money. Oh, sure. And there's a younger guy coming up that needs experience. So that's luckily for certain drag queens (laughs) editors become available that you could never afford. Um, so we edited all of that. And then Connie goes after King Kong is shot down, um, off the thing. She goes into this whole, I call it a 24 hour, a, a full night of debauchery in New York that I set against taxi driver, Saturday night fever, cruising but I wanted to get Looking for Mr. Goodbar in there. But, you know, we were ripping stuff off of DVDs, and there is nothing of Looking for Mr. Goodbar.
1: Well, I got a surprise for you. Well,
2: I was going to say, a friend of mine did send me a a digital link. Okay.
1: okay.
0: Yeah.
2: And I have since, they ran it on TCM. Yeah. And I finally got it. So my DVR will never be thrown away. I've got a couple of films on there that I've yeah. been dying. Love and Human Remains. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's a Canadian indie with uh, thomas gibson okay it's the only thing that he doesn't annoy me and you know <laughs> um but i did use a little clip of looking for mr goodbar and it is the very clip you're talking about oh wow when okay richard gear is in the club
0: yeah like, yeah and, yeah. you know,
2: he's just kind of looking for that pickup. Yeah. And he does. You're right. He's yeah. Dr- he's drumming. He's drumming. It's this kind of corny thing that he does. And he's terrible yeah. at the drumming.
1: And he's incorrigible because he does it in at least three films. Yeah. I don't know if he does it in American Gigolo, which uh, also the, I saw that for the first time last year. And I'm glad that I never watched it on VHS because it's such a gorgeous film. Yeah. Everything Paul Schrader makes is amazing.
2: A friend of mine is obsessed with American Gigolo, but he's a straight uh, Earl Skakel. He's a stand-up comedian Mm -hmm. at the Comedy Store, but he was also another cycling client of mine for years, but he also has this reference of obscure pop culture like... Talk about fifty-two pickup. Oh he is yeah, a John Glover freak. That's and one of the greatest he, performances in any movie is. ever. And I love when I can. Hey, really, sport, yeah. Oh my god, that you sound like <laughs> Earl because you know I'm a gay guy. Earl's this is kind of like you know Cad, you know um, yeah corral. I say you know just a pussy hound, <laughs> but he he is obsessed with John Glover. Yeah, and that, and then he knows. Every line of Bill Dukes in American Gigolo. All oh my the God. gay hustler stuff. And I could just listen to a straight guy go on forever doing all this gay hustler st- stuff. I just think it's really funny and really cool. So, yeah, I do. Uh, but see, speaking of Schrader. Yeah. I um Who of
1: course, for those not familiar, wrote Taxi Driver. Yes. Did the did final of, screenplay of Raging Bull yes. and tied everything together and then of course wrote and directed American Gigolo and Cat People, which is another brilliant film. Yes. But you were going to say you can
2: tell like he's a total weirdo because he's an ex uh he's an ex you know. Church guy. Oh, he was raised
1: very, very
2: religious. Very religious. He wrote uh, Brian De Palma's Obsession. That's right. Watched. I have the Blu Ray. Which they have a beautiful Blu Ray. Paul Schrader, a barrel of laughs. Oh my god! (laughs) But the whole movie is basically they are shoving Incest. Like
1: literally. Hey, who do you want to star in your movie? Oh, I think Incest would be good. I've only seen it on VHS, so I'm really. It's, do to watch know, it in widescreen yeah. because every well, listen, diploma film needs the, to be seen that the way
2: score the bernard herman score yeah and it's also set in new orleans so which is also well, that's right kind of cool um, oh and you know
1: the last thing that bernard herman ever did musically was that little stab of music when travis adjusts the rearview mirror oh yeah he, he walked out finishing mixing that night and passed away in his sleep so mm-hmm. the taxi driver score is finished and mixed that's so crazy. the last thing he ever did wow. yeah
2: but i love as Sybil Shepard talked to him. Nah, da, nah, 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 nah. That love theme to taxi Driver. Nah, nah. Oh, with the
1: Jackson Brown tune?
2: Uh no, it's just it's Sybil. It's, it's oh, oh, Sybil's Yeah, on, that's right. It's that saxophone. It's just oh, yeah. love. Well, I love the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah. It's that's in my Fade to Connie show. I use the whole, you know, do, do, do
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah
2: if you ever want to learn talk about drumming yeah. there's bernard <laughs> herman gives you every basic of syncopation and triplet and eighth note and quarter note right. in the opening drum cadence of the taxi driver soundtrack yeah so that it's score is really amazing So great. It's
0: yeah so
1: profound
2: but i love i love his score for um obsession because which I was, the other, myself. That was
1: the other that was that was done right before taxi drivers and yeah. then it came out first or something so well
2: you know it was same year as carrie because that's right both came out in 76 yeah and taxi well it's weird because i always think of taxi drivers 75 but it's 78 or is it no it's 76 it's 76 because it it's all bicentennial oh that's you right you can tell yeah. when there's shit loads of red white and blue that's right there.
1: yeah Yeah, that's the year I was born, seventy six.
2: Oh, for real? Oh, god, I'm much older than you. Yeah, (laughs) I'm. I I really was. I always said that I was born too late, that I should have been born earlier. But I actually was born in the perfect time because sixty seven. It really was the time of upheaval, and then also, you know, um, thinking of back on the Manson murders. Yeah. Also, that time of when, um, yes, I did grow up where we kept the keys in the car in the ignition, or. (laughs) Under, well, we took them out of the ignition and you put them under your floor mat. <laughs> right. You know, right. And, and your front door was unlocked, you know. So, you know, it was good to grow up in those times and then to know right. that well, absolutely I wouldn't. In fact, if I ever even had a daughter and like the first time she mentioned, I want to date, I like this boy at school, I was like, darling, come here. I there's a movie I want to show you. It's called Looking for Mr. Good Boy. <laughs> We're going to watch this tonight. <laughs> Just so you know, there are good boys out there. But guess what else? A lot of fucked up people and they all like to go out to the bar and drink well so the other, and the other care, thing you know and that
1: movie also has so much to say about the just the damage that oppression and religion oh, does uh, Yeah. I mean, oh my god
2: because i always say i know no uh, i'm the most I, I love to come on someone's show and then never let you get a word in it ed- well no I,
1: you're a wonderful uh but you were guessed. reading each other's
2: mind tuesday weld yes almost i mean Because I also saw your author, author, (laughs) which is not a movie I can really get into. What's in the bathroom for a reason? Well, I, right, right. It's just one of those things where I just remember the trailer on HBO and they're (laughs) throwing the cake, the kids and throwing the cake on. And you're just like, I don't like this Tuesday. I like the Tuesday from looking for Mr. Goodbar and and fucking play it as it lays. I've never seen that. I've got to see that. That is the greatest. Like you talk about. A performance of someone that is not likable in your mm-hmm. life what is wrong with you, you know like, what's yeah. wrong with you she's amazing and pretty poison have you ever seen
1: no
0: Pete?
2: her and anthony perkins talk about a fucked up childhood she had a nervous breakdown by the time she was like 13 oh i didn't know that oh my god her mother tuesday weld's mother i think there's a book online. It's like the vanity book yeah. that that you know that only a couple of people have because she was charging three hundred dollars for it. There is a book I think that Tuesday Weld's mother wrote about her daughter mm-hmm. scathing. Cause uh, it's called if it's Tuesday, I must be dead because oh. apparently, any time I think they would ask Tuesday maybe about her family or her mother, she would <laughs> say she. I think she would say she was dead oh my or something. God. Just wow. kind of really, really kind of cruel. Wow. Um. So pretty poison. Yeah, he strikes up a friendship with Tuesday, who's this high school girl, or maybe the first time he sees her, she's marching in the parade, mm-hmm. and you know she's as a majorette, you know, like which harkens into those old photos of Debbie Harry. Oh, know, yeah. I think, you know, and I start thinking, ooh, Tuesday. Because well, I always like to think that, you know, I love to cast our modern rock divas. As, oh, sure. You know, and people are just like, Debbie's the Marilyn, Madonna's the Marilyn. And it's like, no, 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 no. Madonna is the Lana Turner
0: of <laughs> rock and <laughs> r- or pop. Yeah. You
2: know, Debbie, Debbie's the Carol Baker. Of rock and roll, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. She's 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 too weird to be Marilyn. Yeah, you know Marilyn. I don't know who Marilyn. I don't. I don't. I think that's what I think that's what we learned. That is why Marilyn should always be relevant because no one you right. you can't be a rock star and be Marilyn because. I think Marilyn was too vulnerable to be mm-hmm. not that you can't be a vulnerable rock star vulnerable, yeah. but there's just something so special about it that no one can really touch her. You can emulate her, but that's it's as close as you're gonna get. Right. You know. I was even just watching something and just like looking at Marilyn's tits, you're just like, You're you're not ever gonna even be her your tits. You're not ever <laughs> even gonna get close to Marilyn's tits. Because they're too real. Even the shape of her tits yeah. were so just beautiful, and the way they caressed those fabric, you know. And you also got to think about fabrics,
0: right? And, and the, the way
2: that they
1: would dress women, yes, because there was would no either.
2: air conditioning back. You know, I always right. think about when I walk, you know, like I walked here when I walk past Warner Holly Warner West Hollywood or whatever it's called, where Oprah is across from the. um Lucky Chang's. Is, no, not Lucky Chang's. Um, Formosa Cafe. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God, I'm getting all my burrows mixed up. <laughs> I always think for um, Los Angeles Confidential, they had to remove every motherfucking air conditioning unit from every window because <laughs> there was not equipped right. for central air. So right. then you start going back, and I was watching something from the 30s and like just looking at the opulence of like... You know, like I love that film. I don't like a lot of films before the '40s. You know, mm-hmm. I love film noir, but like artist and models an Ida Lupino film. I've heard I of do that. Love, and yeah. I, love but I haven't Ida seen Lupino. it. Yeah, and she's blonde and young and very coquettish and fun. Uh, she wants to be the top model for this new—I don't know—some new brand. And these guys that love her, but she's just a cute kid. You know, uh-huh. they don't think she can do it. So she does. It's very Connie story. She's like, I'll show them bleaches her hair tarts herself up and then she winds up becoming this you know model um but i was we were they were talking about fabrics and the sh- the like chiffons and the, the layers how and women would not wear underwear and that's yeah. why it was so sexy and the reason they wore many layers is so that they wouldn't be see-through but there was no fucking hair <laughs> right you know what i mean it's like women were dying yeah so you know you think wow imagine like being absolutely nude under all these soft things. And then you like, when you go back and you look at Marilyn's body and how she really was one of those first women that was not really wanting to wear a bra, you know, she like, yeah. I love that. She was always, you were always seeing a flash of her pubic hair, <laughs> you know, cause she'd be in uh high heels without pantyhose yeah. on. So she was kind of sexy and modern that way. And you know, she also knew what she was doing, but it was still more uh, I think about just like, you know, just fuck the constrictions, yeah, look, the guy that designed my Dorothy Stratton dress at the end of the show, yeah, I decided. I said, "Hey, I do have this corset. I've never worn a corset. And he mostly he said he does a lot of stuff for burning man and those outlandish things. I was like, do you want to try and get me in this? <laughs> look I literally felt like. I was... A prize heifer that was that was (laughs) trying to be roped at the stock show, you know, at the rodeo. Yeah. He was pulling and I was like, oh, oh, I was like, no. And I was going, no, no, I feel I now know what my ow. I feel like I just did it then. I feel like I now know what it feels like to have my kidneys (laughs) pressed together. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand it, and that's never going to happen. yeah So, in the words of my mother. I'm just going to have to quit eating.
1: And thus concludes part two of my day-long chat with Love Connie. Now there's parts three and four, both of which just about as long. So you can expect those soon on patreon.com slash Craig and Friends.